0: views, your news, your Limerick Today with
1: Joe Nesh on Live 95. Now we want to talk to Ralph Regal uh, this morning and uh, Ralph has written a book on the Jason Corbett story and he has reported frequently on it for the Irish Independent, his newspaper, and he travelled to North Carolina for the latest developments last week. Good morning to you, Ralph. Good morning, Joe. And Ralph, I, just to, as an aside, say, I, I believe you had some journey back, because we were due to have you on the show yesterday, lots of flights. Yeah. and.
0: But my apologies, Josh. I know I should have been on yesterday, but unfortunately, it was one thing after It was 43 hours of a trip home.
1: Was it really? Okay. So, uh, the retrial of Tom and Molly Martins for the murder of Limerick Man, Jason Corbett, it's not going to take place for another 10 months
0: yeah, it was a, a very, very disappointing outcome for the family. Um, in fairness to Tracy Corbett Lynch, her husband Dave, the extended family, they've really been campaigning for as early a trial, a retrial date as possible. And their main reason is that the longer it goes on, you know, the more difficult it's going to be for everyone, but particularly for Jason's two children, um, Jack and Sarah. Now Jack has turned 18, Sarah's turned 16. And in particular, they're facing into exam years, so it just seems particularly unfair to them to expect them to face into a retrial date, which was set, by the way, for June the 26th next year, that here you have two children, one in fifth year, one in leading search year, facing into exams with the prospect of this retrial literally at the end of that exam process. But the decision for when the, the, the date was going to be confirmed was completely out of the family's hands. And between Judge Hall, who has been appointed, he's a former prosecutor in Forsyth County. That's the county right beside Davidson County where the original 2017 trial took place. Uh, between him, between the prosecution and between the two different defense teams, they've agreed a date of June the 26th, 2023. So just to go through what's going to happen, Joe, there's another hearing in November. That is most likely not going to happen in Davidson County, and that's only an administrative hearing. There'll be another hearing in January, which will be a little bit more involved in terms of going through some of the the trial materials. There's going to be a date of March the 17th set for both the prosecution and the defence teams to have all their ducks in a row as regards the retrial. On June the 12th, there's going to be a hearing for final pretrial motions. So that will be a significant hearing because we'll learn an awful lot more about witness lists and how both the prosecution and the defense will approach the case and then on june the 26th we have the actual rehearing date but it's important to note we're not going to get the opening of the trial on that date what we're actually going to get is the start of jury selection and the jury selection in 2017 took between a week and two weeks to sort out so it'll probably be the same, if not even longer, uh, next year because of the amount of publicity that this case has attracted over the years.
1: Mm-hmm. You mentioned different counties uh, there. Um, does that mean that, what, the trial itself won't take place where it originally did? Or?
0: Oh, oh, no, it will. It will. What, what has happened is that the hearings, are, they can take place in different counties to suit the judge and the judge's schedule. This particular judge, my understanding is that he's not based in Davidson County. So they brought a judge in from outside to hear the case. So I think to facilitate him, one or two of the hearings might be outside Davidson County. But the actual retrial will be in Lexington, which is the it's where the main courthouse is in the county of of Davidson in North Carolina. Very, very big state. um, Joe, I mean, to put it in context for your listeners, you could probably drive for four to five hours north to south and still be in North Carolina. And Lexington is pretty much right in the middle, very small place, um, very industrial, um, a lot poorer than other parts of the state. But the main courthouse for the county is in Lexington.
1: Right. We're talking to Ralph Regal of the Irish Independent. Can you just paint a picture for our listeners of what it was like in court, uh, what happened uh, and, and I suppose people's reactions as well?
0: yeah for for some unusual reasons, the the court hearing was at eight thirty in the morning joe so it was it was very early. I was outside the courthouse myself from about half a seven uh, tom martin sorry uh, actually Molly was the first to arrive and she went in accompanied by her lawyers and a, a a man we didn't we don't know who he was, but he accompanied her into the courthouse. What was unusual is that she entered about maybe five minutes before her father Tom who went in with his legal team, usually they go in together, but they went in separately this time. And then about maybe 10 minutes after that, of course, you had the, the Irish family that went in. There was uh, Tracy Corbett Lynch was there with her husband, Dave, and Sarah, uh, Jason's daughter, went in. And, of course, all three of them, they've been incredible in terms of, as well as Jack, and, you know, the other siblings, extended family members, in terms of campaigning for justice for um for Jason, Uh in particular for Tracy, because she really has been to the forefront of all of this in terms of coordinating campaigns and liaising with the prosecution uh, teams in um, North Carolina, and they were certainly hoping i mean they, they were under the original impression Joe that the retrial would take place over the summer. There was supposed to have been a court date set last May, but that hearing never took place, and we we, we, just, we still don 't know why that hearing didn 't take place. Then there was hope more than an anticipation that the True trial could take place in October, maybe November of this year. But Judge Hall pretty quickly knocked that on the head when he addressed the hearing. Um, it, it, it's a new courthouse that's been built in Davidson County within the last probably three years, four years. Um, so we were in one of the new courtroom number five, which is one of the upstairs courtrooms in this new building. Um, the, the members of the Corbett family sat on, one, on the left-hand side and the members of the Martins family sat on the right-hand side. Uh, there was a significant enough media um, attendance there, a lot of people from the North Carolina media, um, and Judge Hall pretty quickly said, look, you know, we, despite everyone's best efforts, we, it's not been possible to have the retrial this year, and the retrial date is June the 23rd. Now, I think that very much took the family by surprise because I think they were hoping that even if it went into next year, that it might be early next year, but where it's going to actually happen is June the twenty sixth. Into definitely, if it, if it if it proceeds, it'll definitely proceed I,
1: into July. I mean, I assume the atmosphere is you know very tense in that situation. Um, it, it is, Joe. I mean, the one thing I would say is that throughout this
0: entire process, um, Tracy and Dave and the entire family, I mean, they've been incredibly dignified. I mean, really, they have you know been very calm, very measured, despite all of the emotional turmoil that they face. They really have brought a dignity to this that you have to see to believe. Um, I think a lot of the tension is when you're coming to key bottlenecks or crunch points in the case. So, I mean, certainly it was very tense last March, I thought, for the simple reason. It was the first time that, of course, you remember that Jack and Sarah the children went over um, in March and that was the first time that the children had come face-to-face with Molly Martins and Tom Martins since, um, you know, the, the, Tr- Tracy and the family won the custody battle back in August uh, 2017 and the children were returned to Ireland. So there was definitely a kind of a tension in the air that day and this time probably a bit less so but you, you could certainly sense that there was a lot of undercurrents going on.
1: Right. Ralph, is it being blamed on COVID? How long it's taking?
0: Yeah, that was what the, the only explanation or, or or reference that the judge made for, to the delay was he used the phrase the COVID bottleneck, and it certainly is true that um, in North Carolina, I mean, there's a level of the, the best way I can explain it is when I was over there covering the trial back in 2017. You know, at the end of the day, you'd be pretty tired. You'd sit down. You'd have your Your dinner, you'd have a cup of coffee in in the hotel bedroom, and you'd watch the news. And it suddenly struck me that every night I was watching the news, there was gun murders. And I made a conscious effort to count the first evening where there wasn't a gun murder, either in in the areas around, it could be Greensboro, it could be Winston-Salem, Lexington, um, Thomasville. And for the entire time I was there, I can't remember one evening where there wasn't a reference to a murder. So you you can imagine the the prosecution demands that that exerts. They have a huge backlog of murder cases over there, and I think they're desperately trying to deal with those. So there's a significant number of them that have been dealt with through plea deals or plea bargains. There's a significant waiting list for trials. And, of course, the major element of this case is the fact that the original 2017 trial lasted for five weeks. Mm there are going to be more witnesses almost certainly in this case I suspect jury selection will take a lot longer because of the the constant media focus on this case and that's something that the judge even referred to in March when he said that there had been overwhelming coverage media coverage and interest in this case so it's it's quite possible this could last Joe for up to seven weeks Really,
1: is it the case that a key witness has passed away in the meantime That's
0: right. That's right. Um, I suppose it's amazing when you look at the passage of time. I mean, you have two of the three original prosecutors in this case in 2017 have retired. Uh, You have uh, the actual bailiff, the, the, the police officer who was in charge of the courtroom during the entire 2017 trial. He has died. And a man called Barry Alphin, who was one of the paramedics that was first on the scene to treat Jason Corbett, in August uh, 2015, when he was found fatally injured in the, the bedroom of his home, he has passed away. And why, while his evidence, now there are other paramedics who have the same type of evidence, but Barry Elfen was very specific about the fact of the nature of the injuries that Jason had suffered the fact that he had never seen um, such an amount of blood at a scene and also the fact of just the actual nature of the damage it's very early in the morning so I don't want want to go into specifics but the nature of the injuries yeah
1: Um, does Molly still describe herself as Molly Corbett
0: yeah that's something that really registered with me on the day that she still refers to herself as Molly Corbett and that's how she was referred to in the courtroom Um, you know, seven years after her husband's brutal killing, uh, she's still being referred to as Molly Corbett. Okay.
1: Uh, And and is it the case um, that the judge warned everyone about public discussion of this case between now and the trial?
0: Yeah, that's absolutely correct. What happened in March was that the judge I'd referred to it earlier where the judge said that there was overwhelming media interest in this case. And he said that he respected, of course, the U.S. Constitution provides for free speech and the media have very specific rights over there in terms of doing their job. But he said this case has also attracted the interest of what I call, he said, the entertainment media. And he said, I am not going to allow, he said, the media to undermine the integrity of this trial process. The defendants are entitled to a fair trial. And he said, There's not going to be any comments or or material like that that's going to jeopardize it. So he issued a very specific warning to both the defense and the prosecution and their agents. Now, How you interpret agents is a very very broad um, concept, but he warned all of them. He said there is to be no extrajudicial comments without my express approval. And on Wednesday last, he referred to that again. But this time he said, look, I issued a warning the last time. And some people don't seem to have complied with that. And he more or less said, if there are any more comments, he said, I'm going to order an immediate contempt hearing and we're going to deal with that. So, of course, every journalist in the room (laughs) suddenly sat up straight in their seats because the first thing that crosses your mind is, oh, my God, that's something that I've written. Now, we were given no explanation for what he was referring to or any specific comment or whatever. But you can certainly see that the judge is putting a very clear marker down that he doesn't want media coverage or comments by anyone associated with the case to jeopardize the proceedings.
1: Yeah, and just a a list just asking here, you know, the the people that you mentioned who passed away, um, you know, including the paramedic with this key evidence, does that mean that that evidence won't go into the next trial? What it'll mean is that the
0: sworn statement from the person at the time can be entered, but that that person is not available for cross-examination, which can be quite significant from the defence point of view in terms of challenging the evidence. If the evidence is challenged or if there's anything specific put raised about that material, the person is not available to actually explain it or or, 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 or defend it.
1: Okay, so by the time the trial comes around, um, how long will Tom and Molly Martins have been out of jail?
0: Uh, they will have been out almost, uh, let me see, uh, two and a half years. Okay. Almost two and a half years, yeah. It will have been eight years since Jason Corbett's killing. It will have been six years since the first trial. And Tom and Molly Martins will be out for about two and a half, almost two and a half years.
1: All right. Well, Ralph Regal, listen, I know you're pretty tired after the long journey and everything else, so we do really appreciate your time. And of course, there is uh, understandably enormous interest in uh, this case here in Limerick. That's Ralph Regal of the Irish Independent. He will continue to write on this, but he's also uh, written a book uh, on uh, the Jason Corbett case.